Good morning. How's everybody? Are you happy? Were you singing? Amen. I heard four or five of you on this side, two or three of you in the middle, and Dawn on this side. I don't know what the rest of you all was doing. You didn't sound like you was happy. Good to see you, my brother. Yeah. Have you had enough of the weather? More to come. Don't y'all want to move to South Carolina? No? Not that city boy, huh? God oh, have mercy. Every time I look, it's going to snow or do something. God is good. All the time. All the time, God is good. Brother Dawn, how you doing? You holding in? You can speak. Can he say something? Oh, good. I said, Brother Dawn, how you doing? He looked at Sister Dawn. Yeah. Now, that's smart. But she ain't going to tell you much in the church. So when you get home, I didn't tell you to say nothing. Those of you who are visiting who may not be members of the church, we said welcome. We're happy that you have decided to stop by and be with us this morning. And those of you who are from another congregation, it is good to see you. It is so good when we can come open God's book study his word which is able to save our souls. And those of us who labor here at East Baltimore, we expect to see you. In your bulletin, there's a, a sheet that, that they put in there for the cruise. If you want to have a good time, see Sister Crawley. Pay your deposit. Get on the ship. Go to Bermuda. Have a good time. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, Edgewood is coming after this morning. Did you get that on the the, the um, phone tree to register for the lectureship? So please, let's do our best to register for. The Mid-Atlantic, June the 28th, 28th, 29th, and 30th. Now, next Sunday, there'll be no 430 service because uh, Edgewood is having ordination for Brother Eric Bethea and Brother Winfield. So there'll be no service here next 430. So let's plan to go and celebrate that. 
Now, I gave them, I know I gave them the text. 2 Corinthians, it says, chapter number 4. And that's a good reading. That's very good reading. But that's not where I'm going. 1 Corinthians, chapter 4. That's good reading. That's, that's a lot of preaching right there. Just that I'm not ready to preach that this morning. So I, I gave it to Brother Goodman. I know I did, because Brother Goodman ain't just going to give you the text. So. so blame it on me. But flip back one book to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And verse 1 and 2. I was listening as Brother Bill read, and I said, oh, that's good. <laughs> Did I tell him that? And I was looking at the notes, and the notes saying, that ain't it. But if you want to, you can let him keep reading. And that's what I did. I let him keep reading. I preached part one of this two weeks ago at 11 o'clock. And I told them they have to come to 8 o'clock if they want to get part two. So let's read. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and steward of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in a steward that a man be found faithful. One says, verse one says what? Let a man. So according, y'all show y'all, are y'all, are y'all reading? Who said according? Did I say according? Yes, you did. You heard me, Don? I sure did. Who else heard me? <laughs> Those of you who didn't put your hand up, thank y'all. <laughs> All right, let's read. Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and a steward of the mysteries of of God. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, great mystery of Christ, part two. All right. Y'all know I didn't say it, but God knows. Yes, indeed. 
one of the things that throughout the Bible, the Bible talks about mysteries. A mystery is something that is unknown until it's revealed. It's not something that is not revealed. It's unknown until it is revealed. And once it is revealed, it is no longer a mystery. Jesus Christ is a mystery, especially to those who do not study the Bible, because the Bible claims that Jesus Christ is both man and God. How could that be? In the Gospel of John, John writes, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. John writes his gospel different than the synoptics. What John does in his gospel, he goes back, he placed Jesus Christ at the beginning. John says, in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, Moses says, in the beginning, God created. Now, the God in Genesis arrived from the Greek word Elohim. He portrays God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. All of those was in the creation because in John 1, 20, Genesis 1, 26, the Bible said, and God said, let us make man. So what John does, he takes us back to the beginning where Moses was. Deuteronomy 6 and 10 says, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Isaiah says, when you see him, there's no beauty that you should desire him. So, but what John does, John brings us back 
to Jesus and he says, in the beginning was the word. And that was comes from the Greek word imi, E-I-M-I, meaning always existed. Jesus didn't show up in John 1 and 1. Jesus always existed. There is no doubt in my mind when, when God says that in the beginning, when John says in the beginning, God was the word, John is saying that Jesus Christ or the word has always been in existence. And John 1 and 14, John said the word became life and dwelt among us. In Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29, the Bible says, and the secret things belongs to God, but those things that are revealed belongs to us. Now, why do I, have, I put that in there? Because so many times in our lives, we worry about those things that belongs to God. Someone raised a question one time. I don't know where I was preaching at. The young lady came up to me after and she said, well, who did Cain marry? His sister? Well, the Bible doesn't reveal that. So if the Bible doesn't reveal that, then Deuteronomy 29 and 9 is for that. The secret thing, the things that God does not reveal belongs to God. We focus all of our attention on the things that belongs to God. In John 20, 31, 30 and 31, John writes and many other things truly did Jesus do in the midst of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe. See, that's where we are this morning. You must have a belief in God. When the Bible says Jesus walk on the water, you got to believe that. He fed 5,000 with five loaves and two small fishes, we need to believe that. Because the Bible says that Jesus is God and Jesus is man all at the same time. So uh, what's the mystery? How can a man be God and man at the same time? At 11 o'clock I told them, Sometime he acts like his mother, and sometime he acts like his father. See, at the wedding at Canaan of Galilee, when they ran out of wine, he says, and his mother said, they're out of wine. 
She came to him and said, he's out of wine. He said, woman, what does that have to do with me? When he said that, he was acting like his mother. But from the pouring in and the pouring out, when he turned water into wine, he was acting like his father. At the gravesite of Bethany, the Bible said Jesus wept. When he wept, he was acting like his mother. But when he said, Lazarus, come forth, he was acting like his father. Someday he's going to act like his mother. Someday he's going to act like his father. So he is both man and God all at the same time. He's God because he exists before the world began. He is man because he had to come here to die. So the Bible said God made him lower than the angel so he can die. Angels don't die. That's why God made him lower. See, on Friday, when he said it is finished, he was acting like his mother. But on Sunday morning, when he got up out of the ground, he was acting like his father. He is both man and God at the same time. And so this morning, brothers and sisters, the great mystery of Christ is what do we believe? But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seeks him. See, we must believe because the Bible tells us. So what John decided to do, John said, I'm going to write this book, and I'm going to tell you some things, and some things I'm not going to tell you. But there's enough in this book that you might believe that, you, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. But one of the things that we must understand as Christians is that in order for us to be all that God wants us to be, we must understand what the Bible teaches. How do we get that? Search the scripture. For in them you think you have eternal life. But they are they that testify of me. It's the scripture. But the problem in the world today, that man is more concerned about secondary thing than it is about the first thing of life. You know, I was looking the other day as I walked through the student center, group of kids, touring, getting ready, prepared to come to college. And Brother McCall, I had a mind, I remember when 
My kids was getting ready to go to college. Took one of my son down to Savannah State. He wanted to play baseball, and they were looking at him, and he's looking at them. So we went down there. Got down to Savannah on Friday. All day Saturday find, trying to find a church so he can go to if he decide to go. So many times we think we looked at colleges, but we don't look at the church. When we got done and I found Brother Jones in the church, I said, well, look here, this is where you will go. See, the things that we have to realize, brothers and sisters, when they are in our house, we are responsible for them. And I heard one lady was telling the daughter, well, I hope you get a scholarship. We, as parents, we drive our kids all across the country. Soccer practice, baseball practice, football practice, cheerleading practice, and, 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 and these are the things that parents should do. Why? Because we want our kids to get the best education that they should. And I'm all for education. This ain't about bashing education. I believe in education because I believe that if a child is going to be successful in life, they have to get an education. And they must get a good education education to be able to to compete in the world but sometimes as parents we are more concerned about our children getting an education than we are about our children going to hell because we focus on secondary things. What good is an education if your child lose his soul? I've had friends, my roommate got drafted by the Cleveland Browns and then played six years and then went to Oakland Raiders and all of that. Didn't have Christ in his life. How do you blow $25 million? It happens every day. Why? Because they put all of their minds on secondary things. And, and, and you know what? It's, it's our responsibility. And sometimes when our kids fail, we're the, the reason for it. Don't get quiet. Yeah, we're the reason. Because we put so much emphasis on getting an education than we do on Bible study. Then they go away to college and get in the dormitory. And all kind of thing goes on in the dormitory. But if they don't have Wednesday night on their mind, 
That's the day them slick boys from the city <laughs> will tell them, you ain't got to worry, I got you. Now, don't I, listen, don't tell our kids they're not loved because we love them. They don't have to look for love in all of the wrong places. And now, let me tell you, here go the opposite side. Sometimes we do all that we can and things still don't work out. But we got to give our kids a chance. That's all we can do. You do all you can do for them and after that it's still going to be up to them. But please let us not count our kids short by not letting let them understand that Bible class is just as important. But if the parents don't think Bible class is important, why do we expect the kids to do it? So John said, I'm writing this so you could believe. I'm writing this so you can see Jesus. I'm writing this so you can know that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And many of us in here this morning, we are in here because of what mom and dad do before we got grown. So there's no doubt. I don't know, but in my house on Sunday morning, Brother Johnson, yeah. Ain't no, well, are you going? My mama wasn't hearing that. Boy, well, you not up yet? Mom, can I sleep five more minutes? No, no. Sleep when you get to church. But you going. But come Monday morning, we waking them up. We getting them up. You going to school. I don't feel good. Well, go anyway. Let them send you back home. But when it comes to church, I didn't bring because wasn't feeling too good. We help our kids to realize, well, maybe church is not that important. I live 14.5 miles from this building. 14.5 miles. This morning, it took me 21 minutes to get 14.5 miles. Tomorrow morning, it'll take me 45 minutes. Why? Because everybody is out Monday through Friday. Sunday morning, I'm the only one on the road. On my way to church. Where are you going? Going to church. See, the world has telling our kids Education is more important than Christ. Then we wonder why. They struggle. Because they don't have God in their life. And we are the reason. What's wrong about that? Not even in your lesson. Yes, it is. It's in there. Because we have to. Set the example for our children. 
We tell them everything. Boy, if you take a gun and go rob that store, you're going to go to jail. Tell your daughter, don't look. Call me when you get where you're going. See, everything is important. But Bible class, it's not that important. How many of us sit down and pray with our children? Because I'm going to tell you one thing. When they get away to college, they need prayer. And they need to know how to pray. Because Jimmy Doolittle is waiting on her. And Mary Ann Queen, she's right there with your, your son. They're waiting. I'm going to show you the love that you've been missing. No, parent, I don't want my child to go too far away. I need to get there. I had that all the time. See, that ain't the issue whether you can get there. The problem is when you leave. But if they got Jesus in their life, that's why the Bible said train up a child in the way they should go. And when they depart, they'll never leave you. And, and see, we and, and, and what we have to do, Jesus Christ has come. And John write this book to tell us that Jesus is God. And besides him, there's no other. So every now and then, brothers and sisters, we have to give our children a fighting chance. A good education without Christ means nothing. You know how I many people got doctors and master's degrees, can't find a job? And it's not going to get any easier. When I came out of college, there were jobs everywhere. Now you got guys sweeping floor with a doctorate degree. They got to make a living. And you know, we got this, this thing where I'm not going to be as hard on my children as mama was on me. Mama didn't do too bad with you. No. Mama did good with you. Daddy did good with you. Give them an opportunity to see what Christ is about. The Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. What am I saying this morning? We have the responsibility as stewards to take care of the mystery of Christ. 
A steward is someone that takes care of something. God bless us with children. Children is a blessing. And when God bless us with the children, why not we give our children the best opportunity that we can, but put Christ first in their lives? See, I can speak from this firsthand because it's by the grace of God that I made it back to God when I left to go to college. I thought I was grown. I'm not going to church this morning. Nobody here to make me. See, that's the way a fool thinks. I always got to go to church. I don't even like going to church. Now I'm in Baltimore. Who going to call South Carolina and tell him I didn't go to church? But see, what God does, he carried me until I came to myself. I ain't mad. Y'all think, Brother Fraser, look, no, I'm not mad. Because uh -uh. sometimes when we do all we can, they still go astray. But we've got to give them a chance. We've got to give them a fighting chance in order to be able to do all that God want us to do. Paul writes this letter to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 3. Have you heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given me to you? How that by revelation thou hast made known to me the mystery. As I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. See, God, what, what God wants us to do as Christians, God has revealed unto us this mystery that has been hidden. But now that we know it, to share it we need to share it we need to share it and, and, and see I'll, I, I, do you remember the Boston movement crossroad you, you know where that started in college with educated folks. There's a new movement in the brotherhood right now where we're talking about liberality. It's okay if we have instrumental music in the worship service because God gives us liberty. That's no way in the Bible. Speak in your songs and hymn and spiritual song. Sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord. But if our kids cannot understand what the Bible teaches, the church of Christ will get them. Girl, 
man, your parents are old-fashioned. That word been around for 2,000 years. Nothing old about that. The Bible said renew yourself daily. But we have to. We have to understand our responsibility when it comes to Jesus and to God and to the church. And, and if we don't understand our responsibility when it comes to God and to Jesus, we will lose our soul. And not only that, our children would lose their soul. Public education in the state of America. $28,000. At a public school. In the state of Maryland. Now you're talking about Johns Hopkins or Loyola. I'm talking about a public education at a state-run school. And if you are going to pay that money for your kids to go to school, why not give them a chance? Give them a chance. And giving them a chance must consist of Jesus in their lives. It's, I, I, I don't know. I, I tell my wife all the time. I don't know how we send three kids to school at one time. One of them was at Morgan, one of them was at Hopkins, and the other one was at Hopkins. And Hopkins, by the grace of God, paid half of the tuition. Didn't matter where my kids went. And we still was paying $39,000 a year. And I'm looking like, where did that come from? Because... I should be $39,000 richer a year now. I don't see none of it. I don't know how we did it. I'm just, it's by the grace of God. And the only way they got this school. There's two schools on Northern Parkway. Gilman on one side and Bryn Mawr on the other side. Friend of mine from Philly sent a daughter to Bryn Mawr, $36,000 in ninth grade. And that was 10 years ago. When my boys were getting ready, to, they left friends and was going to Gilman and they talked about when the third one come in, we'll give you a break. No, no, we moving to Harford County. And then you got kids saying, well, I'm finding myself. 
Not at $39,000. You can sit home in that basement, and when you find yourself, come on up and we'll take you someplace. But see, these things are happening, brothers and sisters, if we do not have Christ in our lives. Well, I want my son to sign a contract. The difference does it make if he get a million dollar contract, a hundred million dollar contract, and spend all of it? But these things that happen, see, I, I just believe what the Bible says. If you seek first the kingdom of God, God will give you all this other stuff. God will give you everything you need. So John says, I'm writing this book that you might believe. I need you to know that Jesus Christ is God. Sometime He'll act like his mother. Sometime he'll act like his father. See, that time he got sleepy in the hue of that ship, he was acting like his mother. But when they woke him up and said, Careth thou not that we perish? And when he spoke to the wind, and the wind stopped blowing. And when he spoke to the rain, and the wave and the wave stopped roaring, he was acting like his father. See, when you get in trouble, he feels for you because he acts like his mother. But he gets you out of trouble when he acts like his father. He's both God and man. At the same time, John said, I wrote this for you to, to believe that. That Jesus Christ is the son of God. And we, as Christians, we have to be able to defend the scriptures. There's no more problem coming from outside. The problem these days in the body. Hate to say it, but young preachers are liberated. They believe in big numbers and whatever it takes to get there. Somebody got to stand up for the truth. See, the Bible's not going to change. Mm -mm. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will stand forever. See, the same word that you have engraved in you is the word that we have to engrave in our children, in our grandchildren. So one day when it's their turn, they can stand up for truth. Yeah. I didn't like going to church. 
I still don't. But I know he didn't ask me whether I like it. He commanded me to be here. Yeah. I'd rather do something else on Sundays. He said, man, I'm having a good time. Went to a party last night. It was a good time is not going to a party. A good time is when God say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Because I ain't never went to a party that lasted long in a couple of days. Y'all catch up. That's just shoot sure. right over there. Don't even worry about it. Tomorrow morning when you're on your work, I finally understand what Brother Fraser was saying. But that's all right. That's all right. You know, danger is threatening the body. It is. And the church, regardless of what, the church is still going to be here. The church is still going to be here. But I'm trying to guard against losing anybody because of something they can't identify by what the scripture says. The other day, I'm almost done. I was sitting home listening to what's Donald Trump fixer? Cohen. And he said that Donald Trump paid him $35,000 to pay off one of those ladies. And nobody believed him until he brought the check. See, you can tell a person something and they may, and, and, and because of your past, they not, may not believe you. But when you showed them evidence, and I didn't even believe him until, you know how Donald Trump signed his name? It's right there on the check. And, 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 and then looking at it, some people still don't believe it. We can tell a person there's only one church. But until you open this book and show them, they don't stand a chance. And then even showing them, they're not, some people still not going to believe. See, you can't do nothing with a person, whether a person believe it or not. That's not our responsibility to make people believe. Our responsibility is to show them. So then faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. See, before Jesus died, God was a mystery to man. 
But when he got up, no longer is God a mystery. See, only God could get up. And the Bible says he sits now at the right hand of the Father. I believe that, brothers and sisters. With every breath that I believe, that I breathe, I believe that. I believe it just the way the Bible says it. So the things that John says that are not written in this book, I'm not even going to worry about those things. There's enough in there that if I believe, and if you believe, it can take us to glory. How we get there? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Believe with all your heart Christ died, was buried, and that he rose again the third day for the remission of your sins. Repent of your sins. Confess your faith in Christ. Be baptized in water for the remission of your sins. God will add you to the church. Christ will be no longer a mystery to you. He'll be a savior for you. You need Jesus come as we together stand and sing the song that has been so Just